Hello and welcome back to Tells. My name is Bussi and I am the co-host of this podcast on poker and love. Mm-hmm. I'm joined here by Andrew David Nimi. Hello. Good to be back in the closet with you. We record our podcast in the closet. Why? Right. Uh, because of sound reasons. Duh. That's the most technical answer because of sound reasons. Yeah. It's the, re- it's the most detailed answer that anyone would care about. Does that like mentally sound reasons or oh, how that's, it that's sounds? a funny little pun you just made. Uh, no, because of the the sound in the home office here at our apartment echoes, and in the closet it doesn't, or at least not as much. Mm. Mm. All right, we missed a week. We're sorry. We were in Kentucky, in Louisville, Kentucky, and good, then good pronunciation. Yeah, and then life happened. And Andrew was too sad to record the podcast. Yeah, my dad. My dad was in the hospital. Uh, we don't have to talk about that. Well, that's fine. That's okay. That's fine. That's all fine. <laughs> <laughs> but seems to be making some small improvement steps. Uh, so here we are, back on the pod. What? I don't know if I like pod. The word pod. Pod. What's wrong with pod? It's so millennial. I'm a millennial. Yeah, but is it too millennial for your millennial blood? Yeah, it's very like... Just get with the times, you old bag. <laughs> okay. Just, you I, gotta stay hip, hip I, as I, hip as I am. I found a gray hair mm-hmm. on my head. Yeah. How do you feel about that? When I first saw it, I was alarmed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect to see a gray hair so soon. <laughs> because they feel so young most of the time, you know? Uh-huh. And, yeah, it was a little bit shocking. But now I pulled it out. I plucked it out the first time when I discovered it. So mm-hmm. it grew out of my braid in, like, April. It's mm-hmm. the first time I saw it. I promptly plucked that out. Yeah. But now it's grown again. Mm-hmm. It's and, back. And I'm going to leave it. No, you should pluck it out I'm again. just going to embrace it. Just... Keep plucking. You pluck the white hairs in your beard. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, no, I, said I don't you anymore. should. Oh, I should. <laughs> if you're going to tell me to pluck the hair off my head. Yeah, it's a little disturbing. Um, I think you don't have much to worry about. It's just one hair. But I could see how, like, the one hair could be, uh, what's that word? A harbinger? It's like a sign like of things the, to come. Mm. Yeah, I think I'm having a midlife crisis, personally. You are? Mm-hmm. You think, why would you say that? I just feel like, I don't know, there's so many people in poker that are younger than me. Uh, obviously, there's like the the old guard, but I don't have any association to them. Uh, the old guard is like like Phil Hellmuth. Yes, and, okay. I understand that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but like, aside from that, you know, there's obviously been a massive uh, generation. I don't know, whatever, just a ton of, you know, young kids that came into poker. And I think it's very much like a young person's game to this day, aside from a very small few people, like Doyle Brunson is somehow playing at an extremely high level every almost every day. And yeah, the aforementioned Felhamuth is still racking up some wins here and there. Um, but it's like such a tiring game, um, mentally draining, physically draining, that uh, you know young people have the edge in this game, I think. Mm. And yeah, so obviously there's a lot of young people in the game, and I, I'm older than a lot of them. 
I like how our love podcast is turned into an it's a, a poker and love an so aging podcast because we've spoken about our aging quite frequently. Have we? Yeah, I mean, I think over the past like three months, <laughs> at least three or four times, we've touched on this. Like, I've been talking about this aging, and not just you. Like, have I mentioned my midlife crisis before this? No, but and I think first of all, let's clarify midlife. You're too young to have a midlife crisis because midlife you're saying you're gonna live till potentially about eighty. Yeah, and I know like what the stats say, but you know, I think we're gonna live longer. So I think you should say. So I got another ten years or so before a proper midlife crisis should should be happening. Probably, or mm. maybe even more. Maybe it's like a third life crisis. Well, Doesn't quite sound so bad if it's a third life crisis, right? Mm, no, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, I suppose not. So if you think about it as a third life crisis, uh-huh. then it's not so bad. There's just all these things, you know, that uh, that happen. Like, like traveling gets more tiring for poker, especially because poker is kind of tiring itself. Traveling for meetup games, it's very exhausting. Mm. Uh, drinking alcohol is very exhausting, exhausting and hangovering. So why don't you just quit all those things mm, that are causing your that will, midlife crisis. That will leave me with like nothing left. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know what you mean though. Even in the joke. Yeah, what am I going to do? Go and be a car salesman. <laughs> but you could not drink at all. Right. I mean, I've definitely cut back a ton. Yeah, I know. And I'm very proud of you. I'm not. Why? I'm very angry about it. Why? Because you like drinks that yeah, much? I love drinking. Okay, let's not talk about the same <laughs> okay. thing over and over again. Okay. We always end up talking about your drinking. Let's talk about something that the people Can will use? enjoy. Okay. Shall we talk about the Kentucky Derby? Oh, yes. Okay. Where do you want to start? You want to start with your wagering prowess? Uh, let's start from the beginning. First of all, the people of Louisville mm-hmm. are really... I remember when Jim, when Jim, our friend from the UK, helped us move into our first place together. And then he came to visit another time and he was like, you're very house proud, aren't you? Or something like that. And I was like, I never thought of it, but yeah, I am, you know. House proud. Yeah. Like, okay. take your shoes off. Like, oh. and the house should look a certain way. All right. And I felt that about the people of Louisville, like very city proud everybody was really excited to show off you know what derby was about and telling you at every chance like what the week would be oh okay yeah you know Mm -hmm. uh so it was really endearing and sweet to see that yeah talk to all the different people yeah because a lot of times people can be very bitter about uh some big uh, traffic inducing event in their city right but it's also because they've kept the locals in mind by creating events that are geared to locals, right? Mm. So my Lyft driver was saying that we go to Thurby, which is the Thursday before the Derby on Saturday. And so that's a very local event. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I've told you this, but so Thurby is for local racing. I don't know if it's like local horses. Okay. Oaks is for regional so in Kentucky, and then Derby is national, mm. so horses from all over the place. I see. So that's what the whole, like the 
sort of buildup is. There was also a Japanese horse in the Derby. Really? So yeah. it's international, not just national. Right. Whoa. I don't know if that's a regular thing. It was just the one international horse, I believe. I don't really know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> I did know that there was a Japanese horse there. A, a Japanese horse, how? It lives in Japan? It or speaks it's Japanese. <laughs> it's, I think, owned and trained and jockey might be Japanese. Okay, so the horse lives in America. They I'm... might have flown him over <laughs> on a private plane, probably. Probably. But I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. What was his name? Can't remember. Uh, what was his name? Master Fencer. And see on the list here, it even says in parentheses, Japan. Mm. He came in sixth place. <laughs> so we had a Japanese horse <laughs> for the first time. She's eating chocolate. She, she can't respond properly yet. <laughs> okay. So anyway, Thurby is for locals. Locals love the Derby. Yes. And mm -hmm. if you are a lady planning on going to Kentucky Derby week, mm -hmm. I learned that you can dress up every single day of that week because yeah. it's Derby for somebody every day, right? Like Derby's for the locals. So you can go there dolled up with your fascinator or hat mm -hmm. and it's perfectly, you know, in line. That's nice to have, you know, like people get an opportunity to get dressed up because a lot of America's very casual. Yeah. Like, you think so? Even at like business? From my experience anyway, mm -hmm. America's very casual. Like I never would have dreamed of going out in like leggings. You know, people go out <laughs> for a whole meal in leggings. So like now athleisure is a thing, right? So everybody all over the world does it. Mm -hmm. but But we started it. Americans did that before, mm -hmm. and I was like, mm -hmm. and everyone, what? everyone followed us. No, oh. just I think it's mostly from Asia because they were the ones who wore like pajamas outside, right? Like you buy very fancy pajamas, mm -hmm. and you wear your pajamas to the shop, to restaurants. You've seen that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Americans are just usually very cash, right? And it's nice to see people, you know, make an effort, get dressed up. We sure saw a lot of that. Yeah. If you're planning on going to Derby or Derby week or even like the weekend, get an outfit or a fascinator for every day or wear one every day. Wear the same one. It's really fun. A fascinator is a hat. No, the fascinator is the clip-on. Yeah. Well, it fastens to your head. <laughs> It, no, it's spelled fascinator like fascinating. Right. Not fast, fastening. Not like fastening. But it basically fastens to your head. <laughs> Highlight mm -hmm. of my Kentucky Derby. The winning? No. Okay. It wasn't even the winning. We'll get to the winning. All it right. was pretty epic. But okay. Highlight of the Derby was going into the announcer's booth. Right. And watching a race. As it was being called, that was really cool experience. Yeah, which is amazing. I mean, he's he announces like how many races are there? There's like 13 races on Derby Day, right? Something like that, and he somehow basically memorizes all these horses' names. Right. I mean, he's got the little sheet in front of him, but there's so much happening that's obviously so fast. Each race is only like a minute or whatever. And there's not 
that much time between the races. Yeah. Do you know? And there's like there was like five of us in the booth and he was like chatting away and he was like so casual and he wasn't like he wasn't like okay guys be quiet be quiet i gotta memorize these horses <laughs> you know like he was just it was so casual and easy i don't know when he does his homework i guess the night before memorizing the horses right at least getting an idea right because Maybe. you get the program it's called you get the program the day before the next day of races mm -hmm. so he probably just does homework and derby one must be easy because that one comes out a lot earlier derby one's probably easy but how do you memorize all these horses in these random ass races he uses markers <laughs> <laughs> anyway that was really cool we got to watch that from the booth as he was announcing the race and then let's talk about my winnings yes let's talk to the let's talk about the important aspect of this whole weekend so the sad part is that i am not a millionaire however okay. i got a glimpse of what i should be doing with my life yes. which is quit everything I'm doing currently mm -hmm. and become a full-time horse racing better <laughs> wagerer. What is the title going to be? I don't know. Something usually only old people are doing in the sports book at the Bellagio. <laughs> um, and you. <laughs> I'm going to make so many cool old friends. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, if they're not too grumpy to uh, to talk to you. <laughs> But uh, Boosie was picking the long shots. Uh, just the first couple of days, you, we only bet on a couple of races, and you came out hundreds of dollars ahead, right? For sure. I picked female-owned and weird or cool-sounding name. Okay. Um, like I didn't realize you were picking female-owned. Well, it looked, at mm -hmm. least. And those are always long shots. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and obviously... I don't think Serengeti Empress, which I picked on Friday on yeah. Oaks Day, was female owned, but yeah. it was sort of Serengeti of Africa, mm -hmm. right? And Empress is a female. And that one was 13 to 1. Yeah. And those owned up. So somebody needs to, we need to look into that. How the odds shifted yeah, the odds during the race. From when the program is printed. From when the program is printed until race time. Yeah. Probably someone takes a look at the horse and is like, hmm, he's looking a little slow today. And then the odds change. And Sarah get the Empress <laughs> won, and we immediately lost a friend that we'd made. <laughs> what, standing next to us yeah. at the race? Because we they bet on somebody else. We were casually chatting to this couple, mm -hmm. and uh, everything turned sour as I started yelling for Serengeti Empress. Yeah. But more money in your pocket. Don't need that friend anyway. Um, you also bet on uh, 35 to 1 shot at uh, the day before that on Thurby. Siem Reap City in Cambodia was owned by a Mali somebody or other. Yep. Easy game. So you won like $350 that first day. You won like $150 second day. Yeah. Um, we lost a little bit on the Derby. Oh, but there was one race where you picked a winner and mm -hmm. I somehow didn't get the bet in in time. I was coming to that. Oh, okay. Andrew, that could have been the one. That could have been my... It was a 20 to 1 shot or something? Yeah. Yeah. We picked a couple of the horses. Um, I didn't get the bet in in time. Uh, I was using the app. Um, I screwed it up, basically. You and, did. Uh, we screwed up, my, screwed up my millions. Yeah, she picked, like, what, two horses or three? I picked one. I think you picked two. Right. And uh, one of the ones that you picked, but I screwed up the bet. 
won the race at like a 20 to one shot. So that would have been another like $200 probably. How do you know I wouldn't have put 10,000 on that? How do you know? Because you didn't have $10,000 at the race. How do you know? Do you know? If yeah, we... you told me to put $10 on it. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe, maybe. Maybe you meant 10000 Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, you didn't win any money on that horse. But yeah, uh, yeah pretty good job. Um, you made a bunch of money. I picked the uh, winner in the Kentucky Derby that was disqualified. Of course you did. As well as one of the other favorites. And the picks did not come through because one of them got disqualified. Right. I didn't even look at Country Road or whatever. Too, one that, too boring of a name. That one. Yeah, that wouldn't have come up on my radar. But that was like 65 to 1. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, I think enough about horse racing. Good times at the Kentucky Derby. Who knows if we'll be back next year, but uh, first trip to Louisville was a fun one, and I'm pretty happy that I pronounced it correctly and got props at my uh, vlog, YouTube vlog, for pronouncing it correctly. Nice. Because when I went to New Orleans and pronounced it New Orleans rather than... New Orleans. Yeah, or... It's pretty much New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. People gave me a lot of crap for that, but this time we did it. Successful trip. Also played poker there. Uh, $100 at the uh, the boat there. Can't say I'd recommend anyone goes there. <laughs> to the boat. But they are moving it on land. Um, pretty much everyone that I chatted to was like, yeah, this place. But it should be better uh, once they move it on to the land, which is a work in progress. I don't know how many, how far off that is. Yeah. The southern Indiana casino there. Very cool. And now we're back. And Andrew went to Austin for a mug. Mm. This week, mm -hmm. and for once, you made some money at a mug. For once, great. for once in Austin, considering I was down about five thousand dollars in Austin, mm -hmm. I didn't know this. Yeah, first time I got whacked for like over three k. Second time, whacked again. Jeez. Uh, but this time, yeah, it worked out okay for me. Mm. So we're slowly digging yourself out of that hole. Out of the Austin hole, yeah. Mm. How do you keep track of that? Like, because it's like my worst. Uh, no, it's like my worst mug destination. Austin is. Mm. I also got whacked pretty hard in Seattle, but. Uh, uh, Didn't that room close down? Yes, it did. <laughs> so you're never making your money back. No, <laughs> I will forever be stuck at that closed down <laughs> poker room. In Seattle. Yeah, Redbirds Hideaway. Rip. <laughs> Rip. Yeah, life is improving in Austin for me. Good. For now, we'll see. There's just so much variance there uh, in that card room. It's crazy. I think it compares to California uh, in Austin. There's not as many higher stakes games, I don't think, at least not in the card rooms as there are in California. But uh, the 5-5 five -five plays pretty big. Every game there plays bigger than advertised. And uh, yeah, people, people. Gamble. Gamble. They got their gamble. Do you think that the people are numb to gambling in Vegas since there's so much? Mm, and what do you mean? Like no, I think the people like in poker. Vegas. I think the people in Vegas are just kind of nitty in general. I don't think there's an excess of money here in Las Vegas. But there's nothing else. Like, what is the industry? Do you know what I mean? Like in Texas, you could be a farmer. You could be in the oil, like oil business. You mm -hmm. could be. There's so many different industries in LA. You could be that guy. What was his name? Pretty, Randall. Yeah. You could be in movies or whatever yep. so there's a lot of money mm -hmm. and we don't really have an, that type of industry here yeah we're not making movies we're not making food of a, you know what i mean right like, 
growing corn. No, no one's growing corn. Look at China. Mm-hmm. You know, like Asia is gamble up because you have the, what is it called? What's the economic term for it? Disposable income. Yep. You just flush down the toilet. Yeah. Well, I think if you're going to live in Vegas and survive or thrive, you're not really going to be, you know, much of a gambling type, right? Because it's a pretty big leak to have. So you're going to be sort of anti-gambling. But that's what I mean. I think it's like you become numb to gambling. I I understand. Because there's so much gambling, A. Right. So I think everybody who would move here would go through some sort, even if it's not like the as bad as some people, but you'll go through wanting to experience everything until you're just like, okay, I'm enough. One time I made a royal flush at the grocery store. You did? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My brother-in-law used to go to the grocery store all the time and make mm-hmm. royal flushes at Smith's. Go yep, to, mine was at Albertsons. <laughs> go to buy milk and it's like three hours later because yeah. he was playing VP. And I was like, this is in my D-Gen days. And I was like, hey, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to win myself about $20 to pay for these groceries. <laughs> I won myself $1,600 on a progressive Royal Flush. Thank you very much, Albertsons. That <laughs> paid for some groceries, didn't it? It did. sure did. Did you? What if I spent $1,600 on groceries just <laughs> to celebrate? <laughs> Toilet paper galore. More milk than you can consume before it goes off. <laughs> Albertsons baller. <laughs> oh, man. Uh... So anyway, yeah, lots of gambling everywhere in Vegas. So yeah, maybe maybe that's one factor. But uh, yeah, lots of gambling in the poker games in Austin. Um, just like seeing people <laughs> like just show up and hit cards. It's like, um, not that like I have some superstition about Texans being able to hit cards better than other people. What, do you, but what does that mean? Like just they're playing more hands and folding less. So there's going to be more variance as a result of that. Like uh, if people are just kind of folding a lot and playing snug ranges, then it's going to be less of a swingy game. Right. But if people are, um, you're going to be winning more when people are folding less, but you're also going to be experiencing wider swings. Right. I just wanted to make sure I understood what you meant by hitting, hitting cards. cards. I like, didn't know if it was like a literal, like those guys oh, no, no, on no. Las Vegas Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, uh, they flick the yeah. they flick the cards for what mm-hmm. is it like strip clubs? Um, everything. Yeah, it's basically escorts. Is what it sure? is. Yeah, I thought that was illegal. It is, but this is they American. just look the other way, basically. Mm. So, somewhat of a lack of uh, fold button, and as a result, you know, occasionally they're just gonna hit you, and you're gonna be like. Didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just compares a, a little bit to California, but still think California is kind of the promised land for poker these days. But there are so many people in mm-hmm. California. And Texas. Yeah, but there's so much more room in Texas, no? Mm-hmm. Like Austin is supposed to be the biggest, the fastest growing city mm-hmm. in the U.S. We should buy a place there. In Austin? Mm-hmm. Don't you think we're a little bit late? No? Mm. It's really, really expensive. My Maybe. girlfriend moved there and her apartment is smaller than ours and mm-hmm. it is more, I think. Yeah. Where do you want to buy a place then? South Africa. Okay. What else do you want to talk about? Do we get any... Uh... Oh, we don't want to talk about that? 
Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to buy a place in South Africa. There's not a lot of poker there. Yeah, we don't gamble. We play horses, though. Oh, do they have horse tracks? Yeah. There's okay. a big, there's a Durban July, which is like a mini derby, mm-hmm. which I've never been to, but it's like the same dress up. The Durban Derby, it's called? Durban July. It happens in July. They should call it the Durban Derby. <laughs> the Durban Derby. <laughs> we should go to that one July. Oh, no. Oh, the Durban you, Derby, you mean? You're always playing World Series, baby. It's not the Durban Derby. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I don't think we got any listener feedback. I think people were just waiting to hear about the Derby. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't send any questions. They were like, let's not interrupt the Derby story retelling. <laughs> Could be. Could be. <laughs> yeah. This That was uh, at the top of everyone's mind. And we wanted they wanted all the details, as many as they could get. And I hope we satisfied you with all the details. I hope so. Are we done? Uh, unless you have something else to talk about, which does not include your midlife crisis, mm-hmm. uh, mugs. Do you want to talk about how I'm um, not really sure what I should do as far as poker goes? We talk about that every week. Okay. So no. Which, which I don't know. Like, I think it's fine, but like we want to talk about things. Yeah. But we don't want to over talk about things. Right. There's a pretty cool project from uh, Run It Up that's being put together that I'm pretty excited about, but I can't give you any details about. So just tease, just a tease. when people do that. (laughs) It's such an Instagram, YouTube thing. Oh, well. They go, I'm working on something (laughs) so exciting, but I can't tell you about it. It's like, why did you even bother to open your app? So don't be that guy, please. Too late. I'm that guy now. All right. Well, hopefully uh, if you guys have any questions about anything, whether that's your love life, your poker life, your Kentucky Derby life, your Durban Derby life, or any part of your life, or our lives, drop us an email. What's our email? Hello at tellspodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did read two really interesting books recently. Yeah. By Dr. Harriet Lerner. The one is called The Dance of Intimacy. And the other one is called The Dance of Anger. Okay. They're by the same author? Or they just happen to be... No, same author. Okay. Um, Both about dancing. Both about dancing with your emotions. I think they're really good reads. I'm a, they... I am an emotional dancer. You're an emotional dancer? Yeah. What does that mean? I let my emotions dictate how I dance. I don't know what I'm talking about right now. (laughs) When last did you even dance, Andrew Nimi? Sometimes very angrily dance. (laughs) Sometimes you dance very intimately. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I don't know the last time I danced. Did we go to a wedding or something? Because I haven't been at the club any time recently. Maybe I should go to the club since I'm in a midlife crisis after all. By myself. Okay. Go to Chaos? Yeah, the new club at the Palms. I used to go to the club occasionally by myself. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you think going to the club will help with your midlife crisis? I like how you never want to talk about my books, but <laughs> anyway. I'm not sure that it will. So you just want to go? It just seems like the thing that someone in a midlife crisis would do. Are you going to buy a red car too? I would like to. 
a Ferrari? Oh, not a red Tesla, a Ferrari? Mm, I would like to have a Tesla too. <laughs> one that burns a shitload of gas and one that doesn't burn any gas. <laughs> but you don't even care for cars. So. No, I don't. But I mean, as I was when I was a kid, like Ferrari was always the my the favorite car when I was a little kid, and then Tesla just seems like really fun and um, good for the planet. So if you see Andrew buy a Tesla, you know it's as a result. Of well, it depends what color it is. Crisis. If it's red, then I'm still in the crisis. But if it's black, you just bought a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> How long do you think it takes to resolve a midlife crisis? Because a lot of times people... 10 years. No, five years. <laughs> Seriously? So we're well, going to until, deal... Until something good happens. Like we have a kid. Okay. I think that's all we have time for <laughs> in this podcast. What? What? Because I think if midlife crisis comes from... Uh, yeah, what do you think it comes from? Let's talk about it. It comes from being in a spot in life where you are you feel like you should have done certain things by this age. Is that what a midlife crisis is? Or a crisis? A crisis in which your life is half over and you haven't accomplished certain things that you want to accomplish. Okay. I think. Okay. I could be wrong. So buying a red car is something that you want to accomplish because, yeah, because of like a you know, childhood dream thing. Yeah, or just like experiencing life. Okay. In some fashion. But don't you think you should change your insights instead of trying to have something external change? Sure. Because then you're just going to have a 60-year-old crisis. I don't know what that, that's called. And then maybe an 80-year-old crisis, depending on how much energy you have. And mm -hmm. then by the time you're 90, you're just like, I'm just tired. <laughs> I'm just sick and tired. <laughs> yeah, you're too old to, to, to do anything about it anyway. <laughs> so... I don't see how changing something external prevents it from happening again. I think it is just a nudge. Well, I mean, there's, there's, you know, probably multiple solutions to a problem. But yeah, you can like do the do the Buddha thing or whatever it is, and like lower your expectations in life. It's not about lowering your expectations. It's like seeing. Being grateful for what you have. You should be doing that no matter what. Right. Whether you're in crisis or not. Right. I think it's seeing and observing reality as it is and not wishing for something to be different than what it is. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. So I should do that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe going to chaos would help. <laughs> it doesn't look that fun. No. I don't know. Just all sorts of drama, it seems. <laughs> it seems like a long-ass long, long ass line to get in there. <laughs> Unless somebody who's listening to this can get me in, get me past the bouncer. <laughs> You're a dude, so I don't know. It's uh, there could be a lot of people out there listening to this. Yeah. Okay. If you if you can get Andrew <laughs> through the line at chaos, do you want a table or no? Uh, yeah, but that could be asking too much. You just want VIP entrance to chaos. Yeah. Do you want to drink before eleven? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to arrive. I want to arrive at like twelve thirty a.m. and not wait in line. Okay. Just before the headliner goes on. So this is Andrew's solution for his midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. Somebody help us because otherwise I'm going to have to have a kid to solve this <laughs> midlife crisis. That's right. So if you There's can... only two things that can solve this. <laughs> K 
getting past the bouncer at chaos or having a child. <laughs> Somebody help me, please. <laughs> Tune in next week to see which happens. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we have time for on this podcast. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. And please send us your feedback, questions. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time. Mm -hmm. Until next time. Oh, by the way, shout out to Cody for the email with the betting instructions. Mm. I didn't understand it until I like got there and then reread it. I was like, ah, very good. Yeah. Because I had no clue on how to place a wager. Indeed. So that was really helpful. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, Cody. All right. Bye. Bye.